All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first hypochondriactor. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dr. Priyanka Wally? I'm doing great. There's so many times, Sean, where I just want to text you and be like, hey, how's it going? But then I figure... We're going to talk about it yeah. on the podcast, so I don't text you, even I though know. I really want to. I know. You're so sweet. And by the way, same same back to you. I was wondering, like, how are you doing? And I'm like, well, that's what we have the podcast for. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing great. Yeah. Um, I have been in Oregon for the last week and tried to aunt. be on with my aunt. And I tried to be on vacation, but I'm kind of like you, where it's it's really hard to just stop, right? Yeah. And turn yeah. off. I, I could be in the middle of the woods doing nothing, but my brain will just be like, oh yeah, note to self, I need to do that thing and that thing and look that thing up. And yeah, so one of these days I'll do a real vacation. I know it's hard, isn't it? I, uh, I can't stop either. As you know, by the way, that's so funny. And you say I'm in Chicago. So I grew up saying aunt and uncle. Oh, <laughs> did right. I say aunt? You say aunt, <laughs> which is probably the more proper way to say it. <sighs> Cause I'm always, I'm also like, it's all coming back, like back. Yeah, yeah. Like my oh, mom. yeah. You're you're picking it up, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's coming back. My mom wants to buy me pop, you know, instead of soda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Uh, how does it feel to be back in Chicago? It's like, the best. how's it going? I mean, your work schedule is crazy. It's it, good. Crazy. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. So the show, just to remind anybody who cares, it's a new show called Good Night Oscar, and it's at the Goodman Theater in Chicago. It opened March twelfth, mm-hmm. and um, it's running through the end of April. And it's written by Doug Wright, who's a Pulitzer Prize winning author. He's an amazing, amazing writer. He wrote Quills. He wrote uh, the musical Grey Gardens. He wrote, uh, he won the Pulitzer for a play called I Am My Own Wife. It's an incredible play. Amazing. I feel so lucky. And then Lisa Peterson's directing it. She's amazing. The cast is unbelievable. The producers, everybody's fantastic. So I feel really, really lucky. It's a new play. So it's fun to be a part of that. It's really exciting. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm coming. I know. Yeah, so I can't wait to see it. So, um, wait. I want to know something though. Do you have problems? Absolutely. <laughs> How much time do we have? Do you have like? Do you have any mantras that get you through like a day or anything you say? Because this week for the play is te- is called Tech Week, and it's they're like twelve hour days Ooh, where you stand okay. there and you say, "I'm going to say this line at this part of the stage," and then they light that. Yeah, the lighting. And then you mm-hmm. say the next line, and you say the next line, and you say the next line. Yeah. And all the sound effects and the lighting and the scene it's changes. It's torture. It's torture. Yeah. It's yeah. Torture. But we love it, and that's why I do it for a living. Yeah. But um, what do you have? Do you have anything that gets you through a day like yes, mantras? Like absolutely. Oh, what is it? So it's not actually a verbal mantra that I say to myself, but what I love about this is I can do this anywhere, anytime with eyes open or eyes closed. Mm-hmm. I can do some things eyes open and eye closed too. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no mantras. Look, it's not a sexual podcast. No, so no, stop no, going, no. So stop going there. Stop Just going let me there. let me let me finish the sentence. Okay. So I do this thing where I tell myself like, okay, let's start at the bottom. So I ground the bottom like of my body, whether it's my feet on the floor or if I'm sitting just the bottom. So I go, I do this. Okay. First go bottom, like ground yourself. And then I won't move on to the next part until my bottom part of my body is grounded to the earth. 
And by the way, this was taught to me by my somatic therapist. So, and then the second thing is I take the top part of my body and I send it up to the skies and the heavens. So then I ground the bottom and then I ground the top. Oh and my then gosh. the third part is I take my width. So the, so my width, I allow my width to take up the space. And so I'll, I'll breathe into like the sides of my body. So I got the bottom, the top, the sides now, then I do the back body. So the back body is where your past, your ancestors, like mm-hmm. all the generations that came before you. Then I ground the back body and then the front body is the only thing left and that's what's going to come in the future. And so I just sit with the front and then I I unify all parts, feet, head, width, back and front. And mm-hmm. then once all parts have been kind of addressed and sort of honored, then mm-hmm. I, I'm in a completely different space. Here's what's amazing about everything you just said. What? I can accomplish all of that on the toilet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, you joke, you joke, but this is actually a really good point because let's say you're on stage and you need a moment to yourself. You yeah. can always take a bathroom break. You can go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. sit on the toilet, and then do this grounding, this centering practice. Yeah. And you can do it privately. You can do it in a crowd. No one's going to know. I love that. Right, and right. And yeah, it, I think it's it's a crucial technique. Yeah. Especially when I'm feeling overwhelmed and stuff. You said somatic therapy. What the hell is a som- somatic? So S O M A T. Yeah. So somatic therapy. Somatics is a type of therapy that involves connecting with your body. So it's not like talk therapy where you're just in your head the whole time. Somatics uh-huh. actually teaches its therapy in the form of movement. Wow. There are signals that your body gives you that the therapist will teach you about how to read those signals and um, move different energies in your body. And so if there's like a tension in your back, for example, a somatic therapist can really help you connect and understand what is the root cause of that tension and how to work with it. It's, it's really, it's wonderful. Boy, are you a dum-dum. that was that was sarcasm for you're really smart okay so before we get to our guest our guest is oh my gosh it's sophia bush yes sophia bush is our guest can you believe it i know she's so cool i'm such a fan one tree hill who didn't see that Do you know what I'm saying? It was on for 85,000 years. Uh, Before we get to our fabulous guest, Sophia, who I can't wait to meet. Well, that makes two of us. (laughs) So before we get to her, let's hear from our listeners who called in. Let's take a listen. This is Lisa from Wisconsin. I am calling about my strange medical story. I am surprised you haven't heard this one yet because it's not too rare, but I sometimes have sleep paralysis. So sleep paralysis is a a condition where when you're sleeping, your consciousness will become awake, but your body has not yet caught up and you cannot move your body. Mm. So you're still laying there with your eyes closed, completely and totally aware of what's happening, um, but unable to yet move your hands, your feet, your, or anything to wake up. So um, it it comes on during periods uh, where I'm super tired and have not had enough sleep and first started going through this when, um, after I had my second child. And Mm. so that completely makes sense, obviously. So, um, and there's varying degrees of severity. I know a lot of people have it a lot worse, but I look at it as kind of fun. Some people think it's (laughs) kind of scary, but it's an interesting medical thing that happens. Um, 
I just want to say thank you for your podcast. I really enjoy it. Priyanka, I think that we need more doctors like you who yes. are open-minded Aww. and participate in the alternative medicine field. Yes, yes. Really appreciate Aww. you for all of that. Thank and, you. And um, Sean, big fan. I was at the uh, Madison Smartless podcast taping. So um, well, that's nice. really appreciate you guys and have a great day. Oh, thanks, Lisa. Lisa, that's so sweet. So sweet. I was going to say, the first thing which is that this is Lisa from Wisconsin. On the other podcast that you called Smartless, my sister's now famous because she's, quote, Tracy from Wisconsin. <laughs> so I was wondering if that was Lisa, if Maybe Lisa they knows know my each sister. Other. <laughs> that's wild. I have nightmares about everything she just talked about. Okay, Sean, I've totally had sleep paralysis. Really? Yes. I I totally know what Lisa's talking about. It's called a parasomnia. So insomnia is when you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. Parasomnia, para from the Greek word to the side of, it's when unusual things happen to you during your sleep. So uh, sleep paralysis could be one of this. Yeah, I've totally had this. This used to happen to me when I was a med student and I was extremely stressed out. Yeah. So do you get a good night's sleep because you're quote, paralyzed when you sleep? Um, I, it's kind of like the sleep debt is so high that yeah. it helps, but it's not like you need to be sleeping a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's a crazy, crazy story about that. So yeah. uh, James Burroughs, Jimmy Burroughs to me, he's like my dad. He directed every episode of Will and Grace. He also directed every episode of Cheers and mm-hmm. Friends and Frasier and Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory. Anyway, so he is incredible. And we were in, all in New York. And I got to New York. We were doing some press thing for Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. And I went to, I, we checked in the hotel. I was exhausted. I lay mm-hmm. down in my clothes on my bed to go take a nap. And I dreamt that Jimmy was having like a heart attack or something really awful was happening to uh-huh. my friend and my surrogate father, Jimmy Burroughs. Yeah. And it was terrifying. And in the dream, I was like, oh my God, everybody help. Let's help Jimmy, you know? And I was like, somebody call an ambulance, somebody get this, somebody get that. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I woke up and the phone rings and I say, hello. And they go, what's wrong? This is 911. Did you have an emergency? Wait, I freaking, what? I called 911 oh, in, oh, when I was dreaming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that, that would crazy? qualify as a parasomnia. Yeah. That's that, crazy. It's not sleepwalking, but it's abnormal. It's like atypical sleep behavior. So sleep yeah. dialing. By the way, the good news is Jim, Jimmy was fine. It was just a dream. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's wild isn't that nuts so that's so i've had it that one time oh my god so yeah so you've you've definitely had a parasomnia but yeah sleep paralysis it's so weird because you're you wake up and your brain is like let's go let's do this but your body is like "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh hell Uh, no bitch we sleeping what are you doing like and it's definitely the worse your sleep quality is the higher the odds you're gonna get sleep paralysis and it runs hand in hand with other things like lucid dreaming or I don't know if you've heard of exploding head syndrome. I've had that too. Yes, I've had that too. Where you, it sounds like a gunshot went off. Yes. I've had that. What is that? Yeah, it's basically exactly that. A person experiences oh these sort of unreal noises that are loud and they're short and it can wake you up. Yes. Or like as that. you're falling asleep. Yeah. Or sometimes it may be associated with a bright light. Um, you might yes. see a no, bright light with like, the nose, uh, the, with the noise. Like a, yeah. yeah, it's like a gunshot went off in my ear. Yeah, and yeah it's called up, exploding like, head syndrome. I've totally had that too. <laughs> That's crazy. I wish they'd come up with a better name because it's really disconcerting. Well, it's, it's very harmless. It's not a serious health concern. No, it's really on the nose, that name. <laughs> um, Lisa, thank you so much for your message. We're going to get yeah. to our next caller, and that person's name is Kim. Let's listen to Kim. 
Hey, Sean and Dr. Wally. My name is Kim, and I'm calling to tell you about something that happened to me. When I was about 30, I found a random bruise on the inside of my right thigh, but it didn't hurt, uh, and it didn't go away, but it did look just like a bruise. When I brought it to my doctor, she thought maybe it was some sort of fungal infection and sent me to a dermatologist. As we waited for some sort of resolution, it did start to spread. And eventually, Mm. through a punch biopsy and some other ruling out of other issues, they determined that it was something called localized linear scleroderma, which is actually a disease of childhood usually, but Mm -hmm. I was not a child. This is basically a disease where your skin can develop darkened, hardened patches And if it Mm. goes on too long and it doesn't get resolved, it can sort of mummify an entire Mm. limb, which Mm. it began doing. My left leg, it started going, uh, sorry, my right leg, it started going up and down and spreading to where it was almost mummified. So I had to go through several treatments, uh, Mm. none of which worked, including um, something called PUVA, which is light therapy, medications like methotrexate. Mm. And eventually I tried something called IVIG, which is intravenous immunoglob... Dr. Wally will explain it. Uh. Anyway, long story short, right around when I was doing the IVIG, I also got pregnant and the disease just stopped in its tracks. And I don't know what worked, but something worked and I went into remission. The patches softened and uh, it's been, you know, more than a decade since. And I guess I'm okay. That's my story of a oh my rare, rare childhood disease happening to an adult. Thanks for your podcast. I love it. You guys are great. Bye. Wow. Oh my Kim. gosh, Kim, that's wow. crazy. That is a wild story. That is yeah. a crazy story. Uh, but by the way, the Egyptians are like set if they get that. Wait, wait. <laughs> they're, they're mummified. They mummify the. Do you know what I'm saying? I was just like, oh my God, if you live in Egypt wah, and you get wah, that. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Where's that 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 uh, long thing you have? The oh yeah. (laughs) Wait, she said she had a punch biopsy. Somebody punched that biopsy right out of her body. Yeah, it's a funny name, but it's basically uh, it's the it's this little device. It's it's a skin biopsy, and it's the size of a pencil eraser, and they just kind of stick it in the skin, and they they punch out a little piece of the skin, and they can look at it. Yeah, it's a funny name. Yeah, they really got to come up with better names (laughs) for different. I think it's perfect. Um, have you ever heard of this uh, no, disease, scleroderma? Yeah, no, so scleroderma. scleroderma, sclero, which is Latin for hardening, derma is the skin. So it's a, it's a disease where the skin hardens. It's also known as morphia. And we don't know why it happens. You know, it starts with some kind of inflammation and then it moves to the skin cells to begin to harden. I get it. I get it in my penis when I get excited. Oh, no. Like, I hope you never get scleroderma in your penis because it's not that kind of hardening. <laughs> Hardening. It's 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 really your skin turns into uh, like very fibrotic, yeah. Um, just almost like woody, but not that kind of wood. Like it's like a real like hardening of the skin, and it wow. turns into like a hard plaque. It's it's challenging, yeah. And, and, and it happens in kids mostly, and like well, adults. well, this there's different types of scleroderma, and the the type that Kim was talking about, which was uh, localized linear scleroderma, it's more common in kids. It's rarely found in adults. So wow. the fact that it happened to Kim as an adult is is super interesting. There's no cure or nothing. Well, so Kim mentions these different treatments that Kim did, right? One of them was called PUVA, which stands for Sorlin plus ultraviolet A 
light. It's a, it's a type of, it's, you know, there's chemotherapy, but it's a type of photo chemotherapy. So chemotherapy literally means treatment of diseases with chemicals. It uh-huh. Greek chemo, word for chemo. therapy is healing. And then chemo is chemical photo chemotherapy is using light as well mm-hmm. as chemicals. So PUVA therapy is sorolin plus ultraviolet A light. So let me explain what sorolin is. So sorolin are, it's so interesting. These Good are God. plant-based compounds. They come from the same family as like figs, celery, parsnips. Oh my God. And, That's what I put in my tuna salad. All of those things. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So actually sorolins have been used since way back, even the 1500 BC to treat autoimmune skin conditions. But basically the, what's key about sorolins is that they enter the cell and they mess up the DNAs of the cell. Uh Um, and if you add ultraviolet light, uh, they basically absorb the photons of the light and then they causes a chemical reaction with the DNA. So you can use sorolins plus ultraviolet a light as a form of chemotherapy, photo chemotherapy, but to kind of break down the abnormal DNA cells that are causing the skin problems. Good God. I got to read a book. I got to read any, (laughs) any book. Yeah, isn't it interesting? Though? It's actually fascinating. That is super, super fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. Kim also mentioned IVIG. That's also another really cool treatment. Um, so IV it stands for intravenous. IG stands for immuno- Instagram. Insta- yeah. Okay, so you take a photo you, and you post it. It's selfie therapies. <laughs> yeah, of IV. Yeah. But immunoglobulins are the medical term for the antibodies that your body naturally makes to fight mm-hmm. foreign things like bacteria and viruses. Yeah. Um, so basically people donate their blood and they take the blood plasma and they isolate all these immunoglobulins and then they inject them in the patient. So you're oh, getting yeah, yeah. all this That's immunity right. from good, people yeah. and it neutralizes toxins and it inhibits inflammation and it can be really helpful. It's similar to PR. RP that we talked about. The theme is the same where you're taking blood and you're you're manipulating you're it and it. you're injecting it back. But right. PRP, you do it usually on yourself. You're uh, using your own blood. IVIG is like, you know, when people donate blood, yeah. that's well, the where the vampires. IVIG is coming from. Like yeah, vampires, basically like, a vampire So if situation. you're a vampire, I would take your blood. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that sounds like a very generous gift on my part. Let's you're be welcome. very honest. <laughs> but what was crazy about Kim's story is that then... Um, Kim got pregnant and the symptoms went away. I know. Is, it's a miracle you know, baby. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like, oh it's my almost gosh. like the baby saved her. I know. know I like, love that. I love, I love that. that. Who knew? So cool. Just bumping uglies is all it took. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the medicine helped. But That's thank hilarious. you, Kim. Thank Kimmy, you. thank you so much for calling in and leaving such a great story. I love that. I love that kind of stuff. Guys, please call in. Please keep sharing your stories. We love to hear from you. The number to leave a message is 1 329 529-6031. Let's get to our guest. Yeah. We are supported by Athletic Greens. So what is this stuff? With just one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I like it because it's easy, it's quick, it's tasty. It's something I can check off my list for the day. I love it. AG1 is a small microhabit 
with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Supports better sleep quality, recovery, mental clarity, and alertness. And at three bucks a day, it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. In 2020, AG purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old growth rainforests. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash hypo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash hypo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are supported by FitPod. My long-term fitness goals are to be healthy and to uh-huh, look good yes. and to feel good inside and out. Do you want to be like a kick-ass 100-year-old who can still hip hinge, squat, push, pull, and rotate with fluidity and strength? I do. I think so, too. And no matter your goals or experience level, FitBot finds your next best workout. No six-week plans, no shortcuts, no bull. FitBot's innovative algorithm learns your goals and experience level, then crafts a personalized training regimen unique to you. And that's what I really like about it. You know, for example, I really like using exercise as something that's just very enjoyable. Yeah, you don't want to feel like work. You want to have a good time. FitBot creates a program based on your unique goals, experience, and equipment. Their algorithm uses data and analytics to build on your last workout and maximize results. Whether you exercise three days a week or twice a day, every workout is better than the last. It even tracks your muscle recovery, balancing your workout plan with a variety of exercises to avoid overworking certain muscles. And FitBot just introduced a brand new app interface that's super easy to use. and even has brand new HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a total breeze. Build your fitness habit and become a better version of yourself with FitBod. Get 25% off your subscription or try out the app for free when you sign up now at fitbod.me slash hypo. That's 25% off your subscription when you sign up today at fitbod.me slash hypo. Oh my gosh, our guest today is an actor, a producer, a director, an activist. My God, is she an activist? It's amazing. And podcast host. You can hear her on her podcast, Drama Queens and Work in Progress. And you can see her on her new television show, Good Sam, on CBS. Please welcome Sophia Bush. Oh, hello, Sean Hayes. Hello, Priyanka. Hi. 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 Oh my God, even with headphones on, you're gorgeous. We're so excited. You're a very sweet person. Hi. (laughs) It's so early, isn't it? Well, not really for me. I'm also realizing, as it does, the sun is moving and I'm now being yeah. blinded. Um, it's it's not so late for me because I'm in Toronto. Where are you guys? I'm yeah. in Chicago. I'm on the West Coast. Oh, it's early yeah. for you. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. early. Yeah, You're yeah, a generous yeah, yeah. person to join us at this hour. Oh, that's so sweet. She yes, is. I am. Sophia. <laughs> it's so great to see you. I think we met a long time ago. Where was that? I can't remember, but I remember, I remember like, oh my God, that's Sophia Bush. Oh, you're so sweet. I can't remember where we first met, but I do remember. I think it was on the lot. I think it was on CBS Radford a long time ago. It might have been. I um, I remember coming to visit Deborah at one of your tapings and being like, hi, Sean. And then I was like, I wonder if he remembers me. Am I being weird? I feel like that was so loud. <laughs> no. Uh, Gosh, that was probably so long ago. That's why we don't remember. We're all getting old. Um, Wait a minute. Okay, so I'm a huge fan. 
fan. What a career you've had. I could take all day listing all the amazing things you've done. You did, but did yeah. you do also a pilot or maybe it got picked up with the same creators as Will and Grace, right? Yes, yes. And what was that? We did Partners. We did the Max and oh, David yes. story. Oh, right, right, right. Partners. Oh, it and, was so um, fun. And who was mm. the guy? Uh, it was it was David Krumholtz. Uh, yes, who I played love. David Cohan, yes. and Michael Yuri was playing Ma- Max Muchnick. Oh, that's right. Okay. And I played, you know, on screen David's girlfriend, and Brandon Routh played on screen Max's Brandon boyfriend. Routh. And it Brandon was Brandon Routh. God, it was fun. Yeah, yeah Superman. That's so cool. I was like, yeah, he's a super hot boyfriend. Well done, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, you know, I remember being at the Golden Globes and they had to put a ton of people at the same tables, you know, because it's like, it's like a wedding. It's like, yeah. oh, are you going to sit with these people? And Brandon Routh came up and I didn't recognize him because I'm an idiot. And I said, uh, this is years and years and years ago. I said, oh my gosh. And he goes, yes, I did one episode of Will and Grace years ago. And I was like, oh my God, that's right. What are you up to now? And he goes, I'm Superman. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, oh my what? God. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he'd just gotten the job. Oh. And so and then I Googled the IMDB and it was literally said Will and Grace Superman. 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 Nice. And it was unbelievable. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> but I love that show. I love that show, partners. You were so great in that. Oh, thank you. You make me look so lazy when you have so many charities and your activism <laughs> surrounding so many causes. I love it. Not since Mother Teresa. I mean, you are <laughs> like all over the place all the time. It's so admirable. It's so incredible. Yeah, That's... it's great. Like what? Wow. What is the one that you're focused on now that you're like, you guys, we've got to get together. We got to do this. Like <sighs> mm-hmm. top of the list. Oh man, is it weird to say democracy? <laughs> I didn't I didn't think that's What's where we'd that? be in 2022, but I'm like, wow, we're actually wow, fighting yeah. about whether or not we're going to keep yeah. doing democracy. Yeah, yeah okay. that's a good okay. cause. That's okay. a good cause to get on board with. Yeah, yeah. I, I realize it's sort of the umbrella under which everything else goes. But I I don't know. I think there are so many people who have so many amazing passions. I have friends Mm -hmm. with all these talents, you know, people who can draw and paint and play music. And I'm like, I'm just the psychopath at home who's reading the news like six hours a day, (laughs) you know, writing dissertations on what's going on in the world. And I'm like, I guess that's my niche. I I can't help myself. I wish I had a hobby, but that's it. It's a wonderful vocation. Yes, we need you to (laughs) do that all the time. Someone has to do it, yeah. Especially like someone who's as smart as you who, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if I could get all my news in one source, it would be from Sophia Bush. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's true. Like like you, you. we need more of of you or maybe less of you so you're the one, but we need like uh, to be informed. Like I don't have time to read like you read. I don't have time to write like you write and you're so good at it so Mm -hmm. don't ever stop doing it. Yeah. I think it's so important. What are your go-to news sources, just out of curiosity? Kind of, do you have a top three that you lean on? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I like to look at news around the world for sure. So I'm, mm-hmm. of course, checking the New York Times and the Atlantic and the New Yorker at home. Mm-hmm. I am reading usually Al Jazeera and The Guardian, um, mm-hmm. yeah, very often great. checking in with the BBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's interesting to look at sources from around the world to yeah. just totally. see the way... Yeah. Everyone's being spoken to, you know, it's, it's fascinating to watch what's going on currently with the war in Ukraine and Russian aggression and to see the way that Russian propaganda is pitching this as something to their people. And you go, oh, wow, it looks like we're sort of, we're doing that at home, aren't we? Uh, We are, we're we're banning books at home. I know who else did that, fascists. So yes, exactly. It's a strange time, but I think it's important, at least for me to input a lot. 
so that yeah. I can I can better digest and explain to other people. I love that. To that point, by the way, this is not a political podcast. We're <laughs> going to get to the good medicine stuff in a second. But wait, I'm, since you brought that up, I just have one quick question. Do you feel that because the pendulum has swung so far with, quote, fake news or whatever, everybody is now kind of on alert to look now more than before for the truth? Or do you think, you know, what about that? I... I think it's about exposure. I think people who are privileged enough to have exposure to lots of communities realize they need to be on the lookout. And I think, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, there are a lot of nefarious characters out there who make propaganda look like Mm -hmm. news. And they they do it with design. They do it Mm -hmm. with language. But that's what I'm saying. Like, don't you think people know that now? I think more people, but not enough. And I'm, I'm angered by the people who are preyed upon in that Mm -hmm. realm, um, which is, (laughs) to bring it back around, probably why I want to play a doctor on TV because it makes me feel hopeful (laughs) when everything everything in the news is like on fire. I'm like, you know what? There are people out there who save lives and it makes me so happy. It's why I'm happy you guys do this podcast. It brings me so much joy because I'm like, these are my people. It's like, Sean, we're a bunch of weird circus freaks who like to tell stories. (laughs) And then Priyanka, you come in with the stuff that us in the circus troupe are actually fascinated by. That's exactly right. So thank you for making a show for my brain to feel joy. Oh, you're so sweet. You are so sweet. This is why she's a fucking brilliant. That was like so well said. (laughs) Yeah, it really was. It was like a soundbite. Yeah, we're going to It's incredible. But I need to just say one thing. Even the medical community is being affected by this kind of culture of lack of um, integrity in terms of reporting information. You know, published studies that are published in journals. One of the biggest issues happening right now in the medical community is getting access to those journals because a lot of time you need to pay subscriptions to get Mm -hmm. access to those journals. So it's not free information. And to even be published in those reputable journals, the scientist has to pay a large amount of money to buy Mm -hmm. into that system. So this idea that, you know, it's all free knowledge and anyone can publish, it's actually a very kind of oligarchic type system where you Mm. pay to play, which then this is the research that people are making medical decisions off of that's impacting the standard of care. So it's actually even a systemic issue in the medical community. That's Um, fascinating. Yeah. So I post all these free websites where you can get access to journals for free and stuff. I try to kind of like create an equal playing field for people. Well, that's amazing. And, and I think, you know, to to the point you brought up earlier, how do people tell the difference? We've so starved our community at large for uh, factual information and the ability to analyze critically what is yes. available. So right. in, in the pandemic, you hear people, you know, doctors are saying we have 10 billion proof points that these vaccines are safe. Here's the information on public health. Here's how you prevent yourself from getting a deadly disease. Here's how you protect healthcare workers, your own family, children in schools, all of these people. And people go, well, you're not covering both sides. It's like, there's no other side to the data points. The point is that right. there's, the point is that we have the data and now uh, we've right. published it. 
the, some like your your it's aunt Betty's conspiracy from <laughs> some Facebook page yeah. is not these two. One of these is not like the other guys. Oh. I know I'm with you, but you can't get angry at yeah. those people. You have to yes. figure out how to get through to them. Yes, and, yeah. and, and in a respectful, kind manner. Yes. Yeah, and right? I'm the one yeah. actually talking and treating them, and yes. you know I have to. Yeah, it's, totally. It's it's real. Well, and I admire you so much, and and similarly. Oh. Thank you. My, oh, Priyanka. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly, my my very good friend from college uh, is Jessica Malati Rivera from the COVID Tracking Project and oh, wow. Um, wow. and and Pandemic Insights and and she she amazes me because I can vent to her and then she will give me the advice with which to approach these conversations calmly. And she yeah. takes her masters in emerging infectious diseases and literally sits with people to say, okay, tell me what you heard that made you afraid yeah. and, and let me explain you out of that fear. Yeah. And it is the most generous thing. And I know we're talking about all of the credit that healthcare workers deserve right now, but <laughs> I think people have forgotten that they deserve even more credit for the generosity of communication. Ooh, because I it's a repeated that. effort to kindly educate. And it's, yes. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I don't know how Fauci did it. Just it every takes day a lot of energy for and years. patience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, we're going to talk about three quick things before we get to the thing. First, I okay. want to talk about Drama Queens with your One Tree Hill co-stars, which is so great. It's a, is it a rewatch podcast? Yes. Yeah, those are always so fun. It's so smart you're doing that, and I bet you the fans love it. Oh, it's such a blast. The fans love it. It was so weird. You know, we all, me and Hillary and Joy, are obsessed with true crime. And yeah. and the top five podcasts every year yes. are normally yes. true crime. And this year we were number four and we were like, oh my God, our show made it in with That's like the so murder great. mysteries that we can't get yeah. enough of. This is the That's best great. day ever. That's great. Ooh. Congrats. Well, and, cool. and then you have another podcast called Work in Progress. Yeah. What's that about? Work in Progress is the place that I decided to, to create out of some of the rooms that we get to be in, you know, I get to talk to other creatives. I get to talk to incredible experts from the medical community. I, I've i befriended amazing activists and political leaders. And I thought, what a privilege mm -hmm. it is for me to be able to talk to these people. What if I talked to them on a recording and did offer that content for free yeah, to folks yeah, yeah. so they could have nice. access? And it's just like a deep talk for 90 minutes of, you know, joy and learning and um, and broadening your mind. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. People with that. different love opinions, it. and God, it's fun. That's great. I love that. Very, very smart. So wait, now you are speaking of. You, you mentioned it. I mentioned it in your intro. The um, Good Sam, mm -hmm. which premiered in January. You play a heart surgeon, and we're going to talk do. about heart things heart when we things. get to the medical part. Yeah, I love that you're doing that because, first of all, you're totally believable as that, and Thank second you. of all, what drew you to that part. Oh, gosh. I mean, honestly, the script was just so yeah. phenomenal. Uh, Katie Wesh is our writer-creator, and she's brilliant. And I finally felt like I read a character that was as multifaceted as the women in my life. And, yeah. and she's smart and capable, but also fallible and, you know, has her own insecurities and quirks, as we all do. And the show gives you family drama. Yes, because your dad in the show is also a doctor, right? Of the yeah, thing. he supervises the department. 
Yes, and, and the guy who ran like, the thing was like in a coma or something, and he woke yeah. up. I Look love at that. You. Look at me. <laughs> and and it's a it's a ride for me because we, we had this person, you know, Sean, when you do the TCAs and you like sit with all the television critics Good and God. you're always like, what are these Death. people gonna say about my show? And one of the guys, I shit you not, goes, I love this show. It's like, This Is Us meets Succession in a hospital. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, can that just be our billboard? Like, that's it. I, nobody else needs to say anything about it. Uh, but it, it is, it's this like Shakespearean kind of family battle, but with all that yummy stuff that you love uh, watching a show, even like my first show, like One Tree yeah, the Hill. the drama, the drama. Yeah, and you get the stakes of a hospital. And for yes. me, who grew up wanting to be a heart surgeon, I'm like, this is the oh, longest really? manifestation oh. game. Oh, yeah. I, by the way, by the way, <laughs> you're, so, you're, you are, you are so believable in that part that if I, God forbid, I hope it never happens, but if something happened to my heart and I, they rolled me into Cedar sinai and you were there, I'd be like, everybody stand back, Sophia's got this. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Was that really easy for you to learn the medical stuff? Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm sure. I love that. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will say, you know, some days, and you know, you're learning this insane dialogue, and I am yeah. just like, what, it, what is this? It's what, another what is language. This? It's another yeah. language, but I love it. So even yeah. the challenge is fun for me. That's so cool. The amount of pride I felt, not even a thing that happened on screen, but I, I was shadowing an incredible team of cardiothoracic surgeons all over LA. I'm, that's so uh -huh. cool. Preparing for this, scrubbing into surgeries, observing nice. in the room. And, and the first oh day God. that I was in with this incredible doctor, I'm in an eight-hour surgery with him and his team. You were there for eight hours? Yeah. I mean, oh, they're, they're long cases. Yeah, they're very yeah. long cases. It was a quadruple bypass. You know, they're harvesting veins out of the guy's legs. And it's just like oh so amazing. Oh, my God. I couldn't get enough of it. And, wow. and, you know, I'm asking questions, but I'm trying not to be in the way for the first couple of hours. And finally, the, the fellow goes, how do you know all this? How do you know to ask questions? Like, yeah. you're, you're asking better questions than, like, our fourth-year residents. Yes. And, the, and the head nurse in the OR turns and goes, give me a break. She's asking better questions than the first-year fellows. Wow. Like, as a challenge to him. And I was like. That feel, is a big deal. I was like, I feel so much. I just feel so much pride. I feel so much that pride. Amazing. I'm so happy. I'm where You're I'm like, supposed to be. <laughs> give me that scalpel. Give it to me. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. I that love is it. great. Wow. That's fascinating. I mean, and you didn't get sick. You don't get queasy. You don't get ugh and or anything. No, like literally none of it, none of it grossed me out. The thing that, that was surprising to me, I was like, oh, when you watch surgery on TV and they're using the cauterizing iron, you know, to stop the bleeding after they yeah. open yeah. up a, a body part, which is a big opening when you're cracking a chest. No one talks about the smell. Smell. It smells. That, it smells like burning flesh. Yeah. yeah. That was the one oh, moment really? where I was like, oh, I wasn't, I really wasn't for, prepared for this. Wait, yeah. for those of us who have never smelled it, what does it smell like? Like that oh, we would, could gosh. relate to? I don't know like, how to even explain. I, Honestly, it kind of smells like barbecue. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's yeah, burning well, flesh. But, but a little yeah. off. But like not barbecue that you like want to go to. This is not like your fun Korean barbecue. Like if you want to make no. s'mores. No, or no it, this no. is like not okay barbecue. Yeah. Like something is seriously Something's wrong barbecue. Wrong. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> well, 
We are supported by Solo Stove. Some of my favorite memories include... Me? Obviously being with you. And I don't know if you were a big camper, Sean, but like making s'mores or being out under the stars. Yes, love all that. There's nothing quite like the feeling of gathering around a warm fire on a cool evening. And a smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove makes your outdoor moments even more memorable. Instead of having to constantly dodge campfire fumes, you can sit back, relax, and enjoy the fire. And right now you can get a great deal on a solo stove fire pit. I really enjoy my solo stove because it's smokeless. It doesn't lead to all the stress of dealing with smoke. And Yeah, you're not sitting around inhaling that smoky crap. It's just a stressless experience. It's the perfect catalyst for getting outside and spending more time with family and friends. And it's made with premium grade 304 stainless steel and a 360 degree airflow system that maximizes efficiency while minimizing smoke. Easy to light with a few bits of starter. Your fire is blazing in minutes. Perfectly portable. Take Solo Stove with you on camping trips and more. Mm, shop now and get up to 30% off fire pits all month long. And use promo code HYPO at checkout to get an extra $20 off. Plus a lifetime warranty and free 30-day returns. Just go to solostove.com and remember you get $20 off when you use promo code HYPO. Um, All right, so let's talk about the thing you wanted to talk about, which we all want to talk about, which is heart disease and why that's an important topic to you. And did you know somebody that unfortunately suffered from it? And Yeah, I love that you brought this topic on, by the way, because it's the number one killer in women in the United States. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. 22% of women in 2013 died from heart disease. What is that in comparison to men, just out of curiosity? Uh, It's a lot. This isn't about men right now, Sean. God, Sean. (laughs) Stop centering yourself, man. (laughs) No, I just, I thought that made an interesting statistic since it's number one. I'll give you some stats. So between the ages of 45 to 64, one in nine women will develop some form of cardiovascular disease. And Mm -hmm. after age 65, that ratio goes up to one in three women. No way. Very, very common. And it's like, if it's if it's so prevalent, why aren't we talking about it enough? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love, Sophia, that you're bringing this up. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's something I actually got to begin learning about years ago. Really strange roundabout, but my career led me to the conversation. Uh, oh, wow. When I was on One Tree Hill, my character was becoming a fashion designer. And so mm-hmm. I started going up to New York Fashion Week and shadowing designers. Nice. And mm-hmm. I was asked to walk. They do this fashion show and it's it's called like, you know, dress for a heart or something. And mm-hmm. and everyone wears red and all these different designers collaborate. And so, you know, everyone features a dress and it's to raise awareness for heart disease in women during fashion week. And I remember thinking like, wait, what? Like, what's going on? And I mean, the dress is pretty, but like, what are you talking about? Uh It was people trying to do their best to raise a conversation in a pre-social media age. Yes. Um, But the statistic really stuck with me. And so in diving into this show and diving into the world of cardiothoracic surgery. Can I just interrupt and ask what's the thoracic mean of cardiothoracic? So thoracic, the thoracic cavity goes from the throat basically to the base of the lungs. Uh So a cardiothoracic surgeon performs surgery in the thoracic cavity. So uh, someone having a lung transplant, a heart transplant, a bypass, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a a lung lobe donation for a living lung donor, any of these things are done by a cardiothoracic surgeon. Got it. And... So there is not only the thing which I think we are more accustomed to hearing, which is the ways in which women have been historically excluded from industry, 
from yeah. uh, mm. upper echelons of career choices like surgery. Yeah. But then there is the inverse, which we know is a lot of medical neglect of women, even more of women of color, particularly in maternal mortality. Black women are more likely to die in childbirth than white women, for example. Um, yes. But one of the things that seems to still be such a new fact for people to hear is that women are much more likely to suffer heart disease than men. And it's not studied in women. Most medicines, in fact, are not studied on women. Most treatments are not studied or researched on women. And so the gap, women's pain, particularly in, in terms of heart disease and adverse events of the heart, like a heart attack, isn't uh -huh. taken seriously. So when women present having heart attacks, they're dismissed as having heartburn, right. indigestion. They're more likely to die of heart attacks because they don't get treatment at the hospital for right. them. We, and we've spoken a little bit about this, Pranko, yeah. right? Yeah, mm -hmm. we've talked about this. And just to piggyback off of, Sophia, what you're saying, so it's important to recognize that women with heart attacks are more likely than men to present without chest pain. Yes. So they looked oh, at wow. a study where they took a million people who were in this national registry and they had confirmed heart attacks and the people with heart attacks who presented without chest pain were significantly mm -hmm. higher for women than men. Yes. So the presentation looks different. Not everyone that's having a heart attack has actual chest pain. There was mm -hmm. a study in Arkansas. They took 500 women with heart attacks. Only 43% of them presented without chest pain. So that's close to half of the women that didn't have chest pain. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's important to recognize that heart attack symptoms in women can be something just like shortness of breath or yes. sweating or dizziness or heartburn or neck or jaw pain. Um, and Sophia's completely right. There's published data suggesting mm -hmm. that compared to men, women face a delay in diagnosis of heart mm -hmm. attack. There was this study where they looked at 10,000 patients who came to ERs all across the United States with symptoms suggestive of heart attacks. Mm -hmm. And the women who presented with heart attacks were more likely to be discharged home without being hospitalized compared to men. Yes. And that went even higher if they were younger women. Yes. But okay, so I'm going to ask the dumbest question I've ever asked on this entire podcast for I don't know how long we've been doing this. <laughs> okay. um, ready for it? Here yes. it goes. Why? Like, why in the world? I mean, if this is, so, if we know this to be true, what are we doing about it? And by we, I mean you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I think what this comes down to is we need to slow down and, mm -hmm. and, and think about what, what would motivate a human being to go out of their way to an ER. They, mm -hmm. It's not like people have nothing better to right, do. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like someone went out of their way because they recognized that something wasn't right in their body and they right. are seeking mm -hmm. help. Right. We need to yeah. take those concerns seriously. And we've yeah. learned things in terms of classic presentations, but it's important to remember that a lot of that mm -hmm. research was done on men. So if there are atypical presentations, we should listen to patients. Exactly. And, and, and this is where I want to consider women to be their own advocates, but it's where I also yes. think it's important for us to highlight something we all need to see, you know, women and men and, and all of our folks who identify as neither every human yeah. on earth needs to I think be willing to acknowledge something. And, and for me, I can best describe it as the duality of the female experience in medicine, which uh -huh. is we have 
both lionized and cartoonified, if you will, Mm. um, women's experiences of their bodies. We act Mm. like what women go through in health all revolves around their fertility and pregnancy. And we act like pregnancy is easy. So we say, oh, you were born to do this. Women have always done this. Mm -hmm. And we pretend pregnancy is easy. Mm-hmm. And, and interestingly, because of that idea, oh, women are born to do this is the quote, right? We act like the pain isn't real. So I think it's incredibly important for us to get real about the ways in which, uh, because again, the medical data proves that we take women's pain less seriously. And because we take their pain less seriously and we have this weird idea that like, oh, women's bodies are amazing. Right. We we don't believe women when they say, no, no, something's wrong. Some, yeah. Something's exactly. wrong. It's just yeah. so mm-hmm. crazy to hear that. And is it correct in saying that it's more frequent that this happens in rural areas than urban or vice versa? Well, the study I was quoting was ERs all across the United States. Mm-hmm. So these are these are major kind of level one triage centers. So this was across the board. And 10,000 yeah. people is not a small amount of right. people. It's a fairly large population. Right. Um, one wow. thing that I, I just want to say that I am a big advocate of preventive medicine and, mm-hmm. you know, get doing testing to determine your risk yeah. of obtaining a heart attack. So there's a lot of tests that people can do, like an exercise treadmill test where yep. you stress the heart to see if there's any signs of impaired blood flow to the heart. There's also a type of CAT scan that you can do called a cardiac CT scan mm-hmm. for calcium scoring. And what yes, that does is that. it, you did that? Really? Oh, yes. interesting. We'll have to yeah. talk about that. Yeah. So you can do a CAT scan of the arteries of your heart and you can see whether you have plaque in your arteries and they give you a score it's called a calcium score and you can tell how much plaque is in the arteries Mm -hmm. i got a zero Oh, you had a zero? I'm not, bra- I'm not bragging. Oh, I'm not bragging. I just got a zero. Huge. Look at yeah. you. So oh, and I, and I, I want to know said- what you eat. No, you don't want to oh. know what he eats. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just did a bunch of diagnostic testing as well. Uh-huh. Did you do a cardiac CT? Well, what I decided to do, interestingly, you know, playing a heart surgeon, I I was at over the last couple of years, I've gone, God, I get, I get a flutter sometimes. It feels like an mm-hmm. electrical flutter sure. in yeah. my heart. And I, you know, I went to a doctor and they said, yeah, you might have a slight murmur, but it's nothing you need to worry about. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's a cute thing to tell me when I'm 30, but now, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm celebrating my 40th birthday this summer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> what does that mean now? So, um, mm. because I, I have a higher, I should know the right ones, but whichever cholesterol is the one you inherit. Oh. So you have familial hypercholesterolemia? Yes. Okay. Yes. And basically my doctor was saying, you know, you are healthy and your cholesterol is good, but you do have this inherited thing that's higher than it sure. should be, but it's not really in your control. And right. I was like, you know, that sort of combined with the fact that all I ever want to do is eat a piece of fried chicken and <laughs> the fact that I have this weird kind of like feeling sometimes, maybe uh-huh. it's stress, but maybe it's something else. I was like, ah, it's too kismet that I'm playing a heart surgeon. I got to go. I got to go to the heart doctor. Uh-huh. That's so cool that you're doing that. Yeah. And so I got all the tests. I got a, I got a, I got an ultrasound of my heart. And I'm laying, uh-huh. you know, you have to lay on the table on your yes. left side. And the, so the, the woman who's doing it is behind me. And I'm, I keep turning around being like, well, what does it look like? And how's the thing? Yeah. And because, you know, yeah. on TV we do. And she was just like, lady, you got to hold still. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> I understand that you think that you know how to read this, but I know how to read this, yeah. and I need you to hold still. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, but I'm Sophia Bush. I know how to read it. I was yeah. like, listen, I do know. Last question for you. Have you ever thought about, I can't be the first person to suggest this, running for any kind of office? And here's the, <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding, because... You are so dynamic and so informed and, and so yeah. well-spoken and Thanks. charismatic. And, like, I would vote for you in two seconds. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I think 10 years ago when people started asking me that, I thought, well, that's insane. And yeah. now I I don't feel that way anymore. I feel that it's certainly a calling. Yeah. My, my I love to be a storyteller. And I also have a calling of service. Yeah. And I think for me having spent nearly two decades, you know, as a volunteer and as an activist, yeah. I think that what is certainly coming in the next decade will only further inform that. And and yeah, yeah I think I think there's a second chapter for me where I feel like I've told the stories I want to tell. And then I yeah. I wanna I wanna go out and be in the trenches, you know, not just part time but full time. Hell yeah. Sophia Bush for president, y'all. <laughs> Pick me for Surgeon General. <laughs> because without naming names, Done. there are certain presidents mm. that made me think, sitting on the couch at my house, boy, if that person can be president, oh, yeah. I can be president. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's the bar, I've I already know. leaped over it, you- and I'm the dumbest person on the face <laughs> of the planet. Do you remember that show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Yes. When I was sitting at home watching some things of my own going, wow, so the president's not smarter than a fifth grader. I I know I'm at least that. I know I am at least smarter than a fifth grader. Perhaps having studied journalism and political science in college, I could be of some use if this is the bar. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. not for well, president. It could be school board. I don't know. I could, I could do Congress. Well, you start, you start small. You I could start do small. And you go big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. small, like Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame game. Yes, here we, we go. Here we go. There. Hey, okay, there it is. So we'll play the game. It's called Dr. Wally's <laughs> Hall of Fame. You'll each get three questions with possible points for creativity if you don't know the answer. So please guess. Sean, you're up first. Ready, oh Sean? Yes, 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 yes. What iron-rich protein do red blood cells contain that give blood its red color? Oh, God. Wait. Uh, 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 I was going to say iron, but you said iron-rich. Yes. Riboflavin. I don't know. What oh, is that's it? so close. Oh, that's, wait, that wait, sounds wait. really close. <laughs> wait, wait. Let me get. Wait, wait. <laughs> It's, it's it's not oxygen, is it? No, it's not oxygen. Oxygen is not a iron-rich protein. Shh, I knew that. It, do you do you want any guess? No. Funny. I, okay, I, it's I, hemoglobin. I yes, hemoglobin. it's hemoglobin, which yes. sounds like a goblin, like hemoglobin. Yes, like, yes, yes okay. we talked about it two episodes ago. Okay, okay second question, Sean. How many yes. days are there in a fortnight? Uh, seven, isn't it? A, oh, no, 14. It's two weeks, right? That is right? correct. It's yeah, yeah, 14. Yeah. Okay. I corrected myself. In season six of Will and Grace, your character Jack graduates from nursing school with, quote, flying colors. Why doesn't he get a job as a nurse? Oh, my God. I have no idea. (laughs) Wait, uh, season six, I was like 10 years old. So funny. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, um, why doesn't he get the job? Yeah. Because he he cheated or something? I don't know. No, no. He decides that his passion is still performing and that he has to pursue it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, Sophia, you're up. I was going to guess that he didn't like the color of the scrubs (laughs) or whatever, (laughs) you know, Mercy West. That is a great answer. (laughs) It was goldenrod, the color. Sophia, ready. Question one, what does the medical acronym CBC stand for? Oh, she's Googling uh, it. She's Googling it. 
No, no, CBC. it's um, it's something blood count. I correct. just yeah. had to do this. Yes, it is. You got. No, it. I just did this on a duet with this doctor on TikTok. Oh, really? And I, I, I should know it by now, and I can't. What is it? Something blood count. That is correct. It stands for complete blood count. Yeah. Wow. It's a complete blood count. Yeah. God, look yeah. at that. I can't believe you know that. I'll give you that. I'll give you it. I can't okay. believe you know that. Well, second question. How many thingamabobs does Ariel from The Little Mermaid have? Oh, wait. I don't know. What did you think my collection's complete? <laughs> Just I've got gadgets and gizmos of plenty. I've got who's it and what's it galore. Sing them a bombs. I've got 20. 20. Yes, that's correct. I was doing that with you. Wait, that's hilarious that you know that. The panning. Oh, yeah. so good. Oh, yeah. God, I love that song. Yes, it's such a If you give me just enough tequila, I'll do a rendition of it for you. I love it. really Anytime. I love it. Okay, third question. What is the name of the clothing store that you're character Brooke opens on the television show One Tree Hill. Closeover Bros. Come That's on. correct. What is it? What yes. is it? It's called Closeover Bros. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah, we have a clear winner. She started the brand in high school, you know? It's like, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> of course. Sophia, you won by a landslide. Yeah, this you time. won. Of course yeah. you won. <laughs> you, you really, you, you outshone. I mean, that's kind. Sophia Bush, I'm such a fan, and now I'm an even bigger fan after just Same hanging here. out with you for this time. Yeah. I think you're incredible. I you just are. think you're, I think you guys I think are incredible. your brain is amazing. Yeah. Um, so we will that's look out fine. for drama queens. We will look out for work in progress. We will look out for everything you do. We will look out for Good Sam. Every Everything. You're Thanks, a joy yeah. and a pleasure. Please run for president. I will vote for you. We yes. will all vote for you. Thank you just for being such a great advocate for yeah. so many issues that Thanks. otherwise aren't really talked about. That's really kind. Yes. Thank you guys so much. I hope we can all do this in person again. So. Likewise. Oh, yeah. Okay, honey, sending you love. Thank you for Thank being you. here. Mwah. Bye. Thanks, Thanks a lot. guys. Oh, man. Great. What a treat to have someone so well-spoken, so smart, and, you know, Yeah, when we met, it was like, hi, hi, how are you? But I've never, like, heard her, like... It's a breath of fresh air. Unbelievable. How about that brain of hers? I know. We need more of that. I know. That's so great. Yes. God, I'd kill to be half that that (laughs) intelligent. Oh, you are smart. You are smart. I'm okay. You you got a thing or two. You got a neuron here and there. (laughs) (laughs) Please point them out next time we're together. Um, (laughs) Guys, thank you for listening as always. We'll see you next time. Don't worry. Be healthy. Bye. Ciao. Hypochondriactor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogel and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.